Welcome to the Raptors Reasonless Podcast. I'm your host, Blake Murphy. Joining me, as usual, on the line, Eric Green. Eric, we're gathering today to crown Nick Nurse the best head coach in basketball, Kawhi Leonard the best clutch passer in basketball, and all of your Toronto Raptors' woes in their 18-4 and start gone, forgotten, behind them, with the Golden State Warriors on tap Thursday. The Raptors figured it all out in the second half against the Memphis Grizzlies on Tuesday. Yeah, all of their woes, of their of all of the woes from their 18 18- and four start are uh, are gone. Uh, you know what that proves, Blake? Beggars can be choosers. Absolutely. No more woes to be running through the six with. Yeah. With whom will they run now? Uh, they will run solitarily. Is that a word? Probably yeah, not. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Probably not. We'll, we'll give it to you. Yeah, good win. Uh, nice shot making. Certainly uh much, much improved defensive effort in the second half. Uh, as as you wrote, there was uh, some uh, luck, or not luck, but Memphis was hitting mid-rangers and long mid-rangers at an unsustainable rate early on. Uh, A lot of that but, going on early in the year. Yeah, uh, but, but the Raptors certainly gave them cleaner looks there than they would have liked, I would suggest, yeah. particularly with the floaters. And I think the second the second half kind of showed you, one, how the Raptors can better execute their defensive game plan, where even though those shots are a little available, they're harder to come by. And two, that, you know, the reason they give those shots up is that if teams aren't shooting at the rim and not shooting corner threes, you know, eventually over a large enough sample, the math is probably going to work in your favor. Now, they didn't have a good defensive night overall, uh, but the fourth quarter, 17 points on 21 possessions for Memphis. Uh, they basically, I think they got four points off of seven pick and rolls in the fourth quarter. Um, a lot of that uh, to do with Fred Van Bleet's improved on-ball defense. Uh, he kind of set the tone against Mike Conley action. And then, yeah, you mentioned the shot making, and that goes both ways. You know, Fred Van Bleet hits all three threes uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kawhi Leonard dishes four passes to, to shooters spotted up around the perimeter, and they all drop. Um, but I thought overall, obviously the start was, it was horrible, uh, the response was nice. Nick Nurse coached a really good second half in terms of rotations, throwing out the, the zone look, uh, particularly how he staggered Lowry and Leonard to keep the bench units floated while not overtaxing uh, either guy. I thought it was a good game all around. I guess I guess my question is, and it's hard because neither of us were there on a one-game road trip uh, because it doesn't make sense. Do you think that, and this is kind of what I tried to get at in my piece today, um, you know, obviously playing uneven games when you're up 20 and then let the other team back into it, that's exhausting. It's a little frustrating and it maybe doesn't say much over the course of 82 games where it's not realistic to be locked in for 48 minutes. Do you find more value in a game like this where they were down, um, you know, the stakes were a little higher, that there was a bit of adversity? And then maybe was there some trust built in the end game if you're, you know, looking at Nick Nurse's relationship with players or Kawhi Leonard's relationship with, with his teammates? You would hope so. I mean, I think it's easy to react to one game, but you have to, and not particularly wise to inflate its importance, but Memphis is a hard team to come back against just because of how good they are defensively and how they try to control the pace. Uh, Obviously, any team is susceptible to that in today's NBA with the value of uh, three-pointers and how teams are 
are utilizing them, but Memphis would be among the tougher teams, you would think, to uh, to come back against. Uh, and, it, and it was that type of win that wasn't just, you know, a series of Leonard ISOs. And the way that Kawhi Leonard adjusted from the first half to the second half, first half I thought he was, you know, he wasn't alone, but I thought he was pretty bad as far as Kawhi Leonard goes. I, I thought he wasn't seeing the doubles coming uh, he wasn't really doing much with Memphis overloading uh, the side of the floor he was on. And there was a lot of dribbling into the center of the floor and sort of losing the losing the handle and trying to force something out or kicking it out to where your teammate had no advantage in a late clock. And you really adjusted. And a lot, you know, a reasonable amount of that comes to getting a few more stops and being able to create easier shots going the other way. But But sure, I mean, Nick Nurse coached this game differently than he has in the past he, he shortened the bench to you know to make it a nine-man rotation which isn't something i'd want to see all the time but certainly as they don't have back-to-backs for another uh three weeks or whatever it is uh i don't mind uh seeing or two weeks i should say i don't mind seeing right now um and yeah they you know the team would have to sort of have more confidence in their coach when he you know, sort of pushed all the right buttons and, you know, Kawhi Leonard finally gets to learn uh, what a clutch player Fred Van Vliet can be, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you mentioned Leonard in the first half pressing a little bit, not seeing the reads out of those double teams. That's something I wrote about Monday in a, in a deeper dive about his overall fit with the offense, with the takeaway there being he's been good individually, but he's almost existed as a separate thing from the Raptors' main offense where, you know, it's it's these Lowry-led pick-and-rolls, and then Leonard kind of doing his own thing outside of that. And he's not heavily involved in the team's open sets. Um, and he hadn't been passing the ball much at all. Last night, I thought, was a step forward in that regard. Uh, the big news out of last night's game, though, is that you once again got the got your predictions all right. The Raptors yeah, won yeah. three straight. They've now won six I, in a row overall. I'm very I'm very smart. Well, it's it's a little tougher this week. Yeah. Well, you said you did it. You doubted the three and zero pick. So did I, for the record. I, I thought they would go two and one, but I just couldn't pick where the loss would come. So I erred on the side of them winning because they're a yeah. good team. Because they're very good. Yeah, they're eighteen and four. It's it's hard to just pick random games that they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, you know, we we've talked about before how even you know you're going to have the odd bad loss if if every team beat every team worse than them. Uh, Golden State would go eighty two and zero. The Raptors would go eighty and two, etc. Um, so losses happen now. None that was, of those. That was- that was sort of my uh, what I wrote about last night, at least at the top, about the Raptor schedule turning. Like last week, there was a night on the Friday where Cleveland, the Knicks, and um, Phoenix all won games on the road against teams significantly better than them. Uh, things happen. It happens. Now, were things to go exactly like that, where every team beats every team worse than them and loses to every team better than them, uh, Thursday would be quite telling. Because the Raptors are hosting the Golden State Warriors. Now, the Golden State Warriors are not off to a Golden State Warriors-ish start. They're the 15 and 7 so far. Uh, they're middle of the pack on defense, near the top on offense. The Raptors have a better record, a better Pythag, a better uh, net rating, however you want, you want to slice it. Um, I don't think anyone is willing to crown the Raptors the better team because this is the Golden State Warriors. They've won three of the last four championships. Uh, they've had a lot of injuries. Steph Curry's only played 12 of their 22 games. Uh, Draymond Green has only played 13 of the 22 games. Eric, if if the Golden State Warriors, and they're not, so uh, 
bear with me here for the thought experiment. If they were coming into this game completely healthy, the Raptors were completely healthy, how much stock do you think... I, I know people publicly are going to put a lot of stock in this game to where if the Raptors win at home by five, you know, oh, they're real, they're a real threat to Golden State. If they lose by 10, oh, they're paper tigers again. Uh, even though one game is not going to mean either of those things. Uh, how much stock do you think they would put internally in this game as a quote-unquote measuring stick game? Uh, a medium amount of stock. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, these things matter, and even though players will tell you and coaches will tell you it's just one game, doesn't make or break the season, all those cliches, which are very true. When you're this good, you only get so many chances to try and prove it to yourself. And, you know, in the NBA, you don't exist on an island. You have, like, as much as you're competing against yourself and trying to perfect the process and getting better at the little things on your own merit, and if, you know, a team beats you by shooting... 85% from the mid-range, then you sort of let it go. Ultimately, this comes down to wins and losses, and ultimately the Raptors are concerned with, you know, four or five teams in the league. And uh, we know who those teams are in the East, and Golden State would be the team in the West, and you only get these chances every so often. So I think it would show them, uh, you know, sort of not where they stand, but it would give them a reasonable... uh, you know, look at, at how, where they need to improve maybe and, and what they uh, still need to focus on getting into the offense or the defense, but it's not going to make or break the season, which I, now I'm just using a cliche. Uh, the, it's a make or miss Yeah, the Warriors are really good uh, and we all expect them to win the title in the end and they have lost over the past four years and they generally go on to win the championships now (laughs) yeah go ahead also hanging over this is that the warriors are not entering at full strength um from tuesday's practice updates it sounds like draymond green is unlikely to play on thursday they haven't ruled him out but it certainly doesn't sound good he hasn't done a full practice yet uh steph curry participated in practice but steve kerr's comments afterwards um, left more doubt than I had before that practice about Curry's return. It sounded like he was gearing up for a Thursday return, uh, but now it sounds like uh, today's practice on Wednesday is kind of going to be the the determining factor. Uh, so a bit of a question there. I, I made this joke elsewhere, but Raptors legend Alfonso McKinney is uh, is questionable as well. He sat out Monday uh, due to a foot thing. And DeMarcus Cousins isn't back yet. And Damian Lee's sick. So... Obviously, Alfonso McKinney and Damian Lee are the key here. Uh, they're the guys yeah. I wrote heavily about both of them last year, and obviously I'm very invested in them. Uh, Steph Curry and Draymond sure Green, though, if both of those guys miss this matchup, uh, do you want to use one more cliche and call it a trap game? <laughs> it's not a trap game. Anytime <laughs> that uniform uh, comes into town and you know you have one, two, I mean, certainly two future Hall of Famers, I, I don't think. We're questioning whether there no play uh, KD are in there. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean KD is definitely maybe in Maybe Iguodala. That's true. Um, his case has been discussed a bit, and it will be an interesting uh, test case also, because he won't have the, I, he won't have the raw stats yeah. or the All Star games appearances. But he was an incredibly important player on a very good team, and had and was this different type of star that we now value more than we did at the time uh, 
during you know while he was in Philadelphia. He's also kind of grown into uh, first team all finesse to where like he just doesn't try from October to April anymore, and then is still good it. in the playoffs. Yeah, no, it's it's not easy to do. He will, uh, you know, he sort of encapsulates hidden value uh, in analytics and the DNP rest movement uh, all into one. I mean, not that he necessarily rests, but he's definitely uh, did play but chill mode. Uh, if that were a that's chill mode, that's only a would, chill, uh, that's only a mode for LeBron, and only what, <laughs> Tobias Harris broke it broke him out of it that one time. Maybe. I could just imagine. Um, uh, so, yeah, so if Steph and Draymond don't play, obviously it's not a trap game. They're still very good. Uh, the Golden State Warriors are. They're still very deadly. And there will be, the, the, the arena will be buzzing. Yes. So, it's very hard to have a trap game in that atmosphere. Also, yeah, Kevin Durant is an MVP. Like, it's not like the, obviously the Warriors aren't the Warriors without all their, with their, their yeah. gaggle of Hall of Famers, but they're still quite good. Um, <laughs> I I'm particularly interested to see. Um, I mean, obviously, look, we've gotten enough looks at Steph Curry over the years to know that there are only so many things you can hope to do against him defensively. Uh, you know, the Raptors have some guards they could throw at him, but even if he sits, this is an interesting one for Toronto's defense. One because this is one of the first big matchups for Kawhi Leonard defensively in a one-on-one scenario. Uh, opponents have isolated against Kawhi Leonard uh, very, very infrequently so far. They basically avoided. Uh, playing him one-on-one. Kevin Durant will not avoid that. Kevin Durant will play Kawhi Leonard one-on-one. There's also the Clay Thompson matter where Danny Green has historically been one of the better uh, Clay Thompson defenders, but players like that, the Raptors have occasionally thrown OG Ananobi or maybe even Pascal Siakam at um, because, you know, Ananobi is pretty adept at, at getting through screens and he has a good first step to keep with guys off the ball. Um, and Siakam, you know, you just want to see maybe where he fits in this matchup. Um, if it's not on Draymond as a small ball center, maybe it is on clay or, or maybe you just want to see what that looks like as a show me look. What are you looking for from this one? If we use the assumption Steph and Draymond aren't, aren't there. Uh, first and foremost, Kawhi and KD, uh, there's nothing particularly complicated, but when I was writing that feature on Kawhi Leonard over the, over the summer, Steve Fisher, uh, Kawhi Leonard's college coach basically told me he's the only guy who can guard KD one-on-one in the league. And uh, I'm not, I mean, first of all, KD is still going to score a lot, um, but it's more or less true. And, you know, you don't get marquee one-on-one matchups like that very often. Uh, and the next thing would be how they deploy uh, Siakam. Are, are they going to keep him, you know, in a front court matchup? Uh, or or stick them on. Who's been start? They've been starting. Who's been next to KD up front? Uh, they've been starting Iguodala and then Damian Jones at center. Yeah, I mean, so it'd be easy enough to stick uh, Siakam on Iguodala and be done with it. But then you, as you say, you have maybe smaller players running around screens, and do you want that extra size uh, to bother? Uh, Clay Thompson while, when he's trying to rise up coming off screens. Uh, it's Again, it doesn't say that much, if uh, particularly if Steph Curry isn't there, because that just adds another weapon. And uh, I mean, such a, such a versatile, uh, not a versatile, but a, a, a three-point threat that just completely changes 
the uh, the anatomy of what you're trying to stop. The uh, so it, it's not a great comparison and a great look ahead for the inevitable finals between these two teams. But those are the things I'll be zeroing in on, as well as uh, where they hide, not hide, but where Kyle Lowry plays and uh, how much he'll cheat off uh, his own man. And and if you think back to the Washington series last year, he guarded uh, Brad Beal quite a bit because they liked how he was uh, defending around screens. Now, Clay Thompson has a few inches on Bradley Beal, so that might not be the... uh, the luck that the Raptors want to go for, but it's another possibility. I'm excited for Clay Thompson to get to come to Canada and get some chocolate milk in him. He's, I feel like Clay would really like it here. He's yeah. a, he's a delightful uh, hero. Um, so I, 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 where does he? Yeah, that's true. Exactly. Where does he? He's, he gets in where he fits. There him. you go. Or is it the opposite? He fits in where I he gets. I think get him where you fit in. I don't know. I think, I don't know. All right. right cool. 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 Um, so, this, yeah, I, I think maybe I'd be more experimental on Clay Thompson in this matchup because Draymond's not there, where I think, you know, if they meet in two weeks and Draymond's there, that, that changes how you're going to look a little more. They still start a center, but, um, you know, I think I think that's the Siakam matchup without much question to start the game. So I think maybe if, if Draymond's yeah. out, I, I get a little more experimental here on the Clay Thompson matchup. Um, the other thing, too, is I think... This is kind of weird because it's the Warriors and everyone associates them with small ball. I think if Steph doesn't play, it's a JV game. And um, <laughs> like like in terms of who starts. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand. Because, what you, mean. Uh, you know, Quinn Cook is fun, but Quinn Cook is not a guy you really switch the game plan around. Damian Jones is fine. Um, now, uh, without Draymond, the, the Warriors play big-ish off the bench too. Like Kevon Looney's been there. Um, their backup center nominally at Jordan Bell in the mix too. So there's not really any one of those matchups that's great or terrible for Valanciunas. Obviously the, the big concern in that meeting is, you know, when they go small with Draymond at center, that's a tough Valanciunas one. So um, I could see this being a Valanciunas start. Uh, would you, would you think the same? Uh, yeah, but I would have thought the same on Tuesday night and Ibaka started. Oh, I thought that, I thought that so... was an Ibaka game for sure. Um, hmm. with, okay. with how much Gasol wow. pick and pops now and with how like reticent he's been to score in the post, obviously he moved to doing it last night when, when Memphis's offense wasn't getting a lot, uh, otherwise out of the gate. But, um, Gasol has not been a very willing post-up player or a very effective post-up player so far this year, last night aside. So I kind of thought that one might be in a box. Man. one. Can he, he's such a good Gasol? passer. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah. He's, he's such Speaking a good of passing, I'm uh, glad he wasn't injured in that moment where it looked like he was injured because he's uh, he's tons he's of back. fun, yeah. And you know, Memphis has started out too hot, but he would have been a super attractive trade target around the league if Memphis got out to a really bad start because he could be a free agent after this year. Um, sure can. Also, passing big man Serge Ibaka, <laughs> inhabited by the spirit of our dear departed friend Bebe. Yeah. I might be out on Bebe. I got alerted to some troubling oh, political views that he has posted about. Also, he injured oh, his wow. calf and is not no longer playing for Brazil in the FIBA World Cup qualifiers, which is the most predictable thing. Oh, I can't say any of that was entirely unpredictable. But yes, one of them was more predictable than the other. Uh, okay, so let's look just a little bit ahead of Golden State 
Now, um, Saturday, the Raptors are at Cleveland in a game I don't think anyone cares about and is obviously an on-paper win, but as you pointed out, uh, those things don't, you know, the games aren't played on paper or in my little spreadsheet. After that, Monday, I'm assuming we won't podcast until after Monday's game, probably Tuesday, but the Denver Nuggets are here. And the Denver Nuggets are, like the Golden State Warriors, a pretty good test. They're 14-7. and They have a top-10 offense. They're surprisingly a top-five defense so far. Um, my... 519 compatriot Jamal Murray is out to a really good start despite not shooting the three ball well. Uh, Nikola Jokic, one of the most unique checks uh, in any front court in the NBA right now. Uh, do you want to lay down a prediction for at home against Golden State, at Cleveland, and at home against Denver? Do you, do you want to keep your one one incorrect pick only all season long streak rolling? I'm going to try. Um, it's so hard with Golden State because I think it's very dependent on Curry playing. Uh, no asterisks here. I mean, how I, would, how I would lean anyway. I'm going to say they beat Golden State, beat Cleveland, and lose to Denver. Cool. I think people would take that. Although I think I think people would very much forget that they just beat Golden State by the time a Monday loss to Denver rolled around. Oh, yeah. Now you can never lose. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, losses. Losses are terrible, and they are indicative of how bad you are. But wins look, don't I, I'm not, I'm not of the mind that wins um, for the sake of winning. Like you, you know how process oriented I am about wins and losses. But you also have to be realistic that you're yeah. going to lose. What did I say last week? 14 games at least. So yeah. I'm yeah. sleeping on them. Obviously, sure. maybe maybe they only lose 12 games. Who knows? Yeah, you... Um, we'll see. Uh, smartest thing you can always yeah. say. We'll okay, see. so I know you've got to get out of here because you have to go to practice. I have to go pick up a new foster dog uh, that I'm going to have for the next four weeks. I also have to walk, I have to walk Walter before I go to practice. He's being such a good boy, um, by which I mean. Uh, I was going to, when I found out we were getting a foster today, I was going to suggest a play date. But on the notes for this dog, um, she's not the best with other dogs. So we're not supposed to no, do that. Maybe, maybe, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, fun. yeah, we're going to have this dog for four weeks. She's six years old, so it's not a puppy this time. Um, and she's got to go no. in and get her eyes and ears fixed. So I'm, I'm curious to see just how blind and deaf she is, because it could be pretty funny. <laughs> um, she also is uh, coming with an awful name that I got to try to figure out how to change. Is it up to you? No, uh, we're not even supposed to. But her name is Polly, which is not only a bad name, but my roommate's name is Paul. So it could get quite confusing. Mm. For Paul, not for Paul. Yeah. Paul well, well, she can't hear you or see you saying her name, yeah. so it's really. I don't not think a big she's deal. fully deaf. I think she just needs a surgery, but it'll be it'll be fun. Um, just call her dog. Just call her dog. Yeah, dog. Hey, you. Uh, do you have any party <laughs> shots before we uh, before we let the people go? I know you've got to get to practice. Um, yeah, everybody. Uh, I mean, Golden State and Denver are two of the more interesting matchups of the year. Try to enjoy them and try to see where the Raptors are are at defensively. Because I think that's the big mystery is we don't really know. Even though it says the Raptors are whatever their fifth, sixth, and defensive efficiency, there have been enough warning signs and the schedule has been soft enough um, that you could have doubts about that. So if I'm looking in terms of process, I'm looking at how the Raptors uh, defend and and. They had one great possession on Friday, on whatever night, Monday, Tuesday. Monday. 
uh, Tuesday, today's Wednesday, on Tuesday, near the end of the game, they let up two offensive rebounds, so it wasn't great in that sense, but their switching was just seamless, and it looked like where they wanted to be with that. So pay attention to that. Pay attention how they're recovering to rebound out of those switching possessions, and uh, enjoy the games. They should and be don't fun get ones. mad when Jamal Murray eventually uh, fires up a shot with the shot clock off as he's going for 50 points. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> I was trying to come up with a joke and I just have that was great. This is a great end of the podcast. Thanks, Eric. That was a good way to end it. Yeah, I just have nothing. Right. Um, okay. Um, other notes. Uh, Michael Lee had a, a nice piece with Kyle Lowry at the athletic uh, today, today, Thursday. Yeah. Um, or no, today's Wednesday. No, we just one <laughs> uh, this is this is what happens when the Raptors play a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday week. I have no idea what my my calendar's all off. Um, yeah, read my Kawhi piece yeah. for Monday too. I did a very deep dive on that. Also, Eric, yeah, your guy it. Jordan Lloyd, who you wrote a piece about while you were on the road and his first basket, uh, continues to put up thirty point games alongside Chris Boucher with the Raptors nine hundred five. So maybe more buckets to come. Um. You would think at yeah. some point, although the Raptors are getting healthy and would uh, seem likely to conserve Mr. Lloyd's days yeah. for now. Uh, conserve, preserve, yeah. whatever, some yeah. sort of serve. They are serving Jordan Lloyd's days for in the event injury strikes later. Anyway, I just want to get that 905 note in because people have been very curious about Chris Boucher. Uh, and Jordan Lloyd's numbers have been not quite as eye-popping, but really, really good too. So shout out to those guys. And within the contact. Of uh, his role or yes. whatever. Yes, as we talked about the Malcolm Miller parallel. Anyway, uh, I'll let you go, Eric. Enjoy uh, walking Walter. Enjoy practice. I will let you know how uh, the dog to be named later is. And guys, we'll talk to you probably Tuesday or Wednesday of next week. See ya. If only to be 